Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Previously on Chief Concerns. Even at, at your at your age, coming in for a third down a, or a second and short, just being a blocking tight end, you could, you could do that nowadays, dude. You don't exist anymore. Hey, I get uh, Clyde Hilaire, and I'll get him in the end zone. Yeah. You can best believe that. You can run by, <laughs> hey, look, you get on this back, you can run behind me. I'm going to open that hole for you. I promise you. You'll see a segment, I think the one that you sent me, that Mel Kuyper says on there, well, there was a question about his work ethic and, you know, if he's going to do the things necessary during the offseason. And I was sitting over and think, and I was just absolutely blindsided with somebody saying something like that about me. And I told you, look, man, I, I, look, I, I was raised on a farm. All I knew was hard work. And so it was just so disappointing to me that Mel Kuyper would say something like this without even citing his source. And I'm blocking Reggie White. Just blocking it, blocking him. Don't hear nothing. For about three quarters, the man don't say a word to me. Not one word, not a, not a grunt, nothing. I'm just like, man, this man ain't talking nothing. He ain't said nothing to me all game, right? My boy's like, look, man, just wait, just wait. So finally, man, I made a block, and our running back took off about 50 yards. And I walk him back. Bam, Reggie White passed me on my butt. He was like, hey, man, good good, good block. I turned around. I was like, hey, thank you, Mr. White. I put my hand up there, called him Mr. White and everything. <laughs> it's the corner where the treats is, is this the, the passing of the torch, right? Is this what this signifies? It comes down to that, that front office and what they feel is most important. The champ is here. We've touched down from a higher plane. Why you landed here? We always look forward to that week because it was always intense. You know that we ain't coming back. We got to. The man, the myth, the legend, Dante Hall. My my, my favorite player growing up was Dante Hall. I love you guys and show, but Dante was my guy. Get to dashing because you done on the war feet. Hey, 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 guys, welcome to Chief Concerns. And we got the full crew back. Eric's back from his uh, week-long trip in Vegas. Eric, how was the uh, trip, buddy? It was a lot of fun. Um, didn't, I never imagined that a, a sport that I've enjoyed would uh, get the best of me. But, I mean, when you're getting old and you, you can only do so much, you know, with having so many physical ailments, um, <laughs> golf doesn't seem that hard. But in the grand scheme of things, it'll wear you out, man. That's a lot of twisting and turning. And uh, having that sun beat down on you for four or five hours uh, will get the best of you. But it was a guy's golf trip. We enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. Uh, stayed away from the gambling. Didn't do much of the strip. But I, I got to at least do a little sightseeing. Went by Hoover Dam and uh, took some pictures uh, out of Caesar. So, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. Nice, nice. Yeah, I know last week we we, we missed you, but we, we held it down. We did have a question that we wanted to ask you. So um, a new rule that the Chiefs are proposing is allowing skilled players to get into the single digits. And we know you were number three in college and you were number 44 in the NFL. Now, if you could go back in time, if this rule was around, would you have changed your number from 44? If given the opportunity, I would definitely have give, uh, asked for a different number than 44. So my, my situation was completely different. So I, I, you know, playing safety my entire career, uh, my number happened to me the same way it happened to me in high school. Like I was, you know, asked to play with, well, I wouldn't say asked, but they brought me up to play with the varsity team. 
when I was in high school. So they gave me this four, they gave me this big number is 45. All the uh, juniors and seniors had all the, the, the good numbers you would per se. So, uh, so 45 is what I took. 45 is what I stayed with. So all of a sudden I get drafted by the chiefs and uh, again, all these other numbers were given, given away. I didn't have a say into what number I could choose. So I get to my locker, you know, I got a name uh, <laughs> with the tape and, and a Sharpie with your name written on it. And all of a sudden you got this, this uniform in your, in your locker. So I just took what was given to me. And uh, after a few months of uh, practicing with that and making the team, uh, I kept it because it was something that was there to me to help me uh, to, to, to make the career actually that I wasn't expecting to have. So, you know, I never thought that I had hopes to be me. I thought I was going to be a, a, a track star, but I never got to run in track in, in college. And so uh, it, that never, you know, came to play. And uh, so when football came, you know, I'm just trying to find my way in it, you know, as an athlete, basically, and, not really knowing what football numbers to wear. I just knew that 45 and 44 were high numbers for a DB. And so I, you know, you, everybody knows who Deion Sanders is. And he was like the, the basically the, one of the founding fathers of what DBs are and strive to be. So any numbers in the twenties uh, plus, you know, I wanted the 23 to be like Michael Jordan. And all of a sudden uh, we get to college, I get to college and, you know, it was a, uh, all the guys from my freshman year, we decided we were just going to have our numbers to run um, uh, in sync with each other, three, four, five, six, and seven. And that's how we did it there. That's why I ended up with the low number there. So if I could have gotten a three, I would definitely have given myself a number three uh, for the Chiefs. But like I said, when they gave me that number, I just took it with a big smile on my face and did what I needed to do to make the team with it. So, so you saying that you didn't have a chance or opportunity to at least have options? Like, they didn't give you, like, at least five numbers? Look, man. Wow. You know, well, J.D., you haven't been in that position, though. You, have, you, you haven't been in that position. So when I get to Kansas City, like, they had drafted corners. Yeah. They had Dale, Dale Carter, James Hasty, uh, Marty, uh, Mike, Mark, shit, Mark McMillan. Um, we had, like, six other guys that were on the team. Uh free agents. So I didn't know what number to even ask for. I was asking, I, I did say, Hey, is that number three available? I think. Yeah. And at the time, you know, the NFL has got so many rules where hey, you got to have your socks up so high. You got to cover mm-hmm. your knees up. Uh, jerseys have to be so long. Uh, and then your numbers have to go in sync. Uh, certain numbers can only be worn in certain positions. Right. So right. those numbers were, were ineligible for DBs. So Gosh. I couldn't ask for that number anyway. Right. And, and I guess you have to wait till, till guys get cut, you know. Heck to, to yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, hey, look. But, and also, I know, but uh-huh. also, James Hasty was wearing, he wore number 40. So I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm right there behind James. So I ain't, I'm not that far off. Right, so right, I, right. You know, 44 is kind of in the linebacker department. <laughs> I don't even know too many safeties. <laughs> I was a hey, line linebacker department and, and almost like getting into like an special eight team. tight end. Yeah, special team. Yeah, you, say, like that is a, you know, 40s. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, fullback yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. Matter of fact, I, I'll say I, I had a 40 number when I first got to Kansas City E. And I got 89 because that was the same year that Andre Risen was there. And so uh, that is true. 
Rosin end up leaving. I guess that somehow I was like, "Yo, Rosin, you don't mind if I take his number?" He's like, "Nah, man, go ahead, man, you got it." So I, you know, I was like, "Shoot, I, I want this '89 because I was '87 in Kansas City." But when yeah. I got there, same thing. The numbers, our numbers are already taken. Why I received it? I'm like, "Dad, on, you you just at the bottom of the totem pole when you first get there, as far as numbers, <laughs> right? You just waiting, yeah, just waiting." <laughs> yeah. So like, even when I got, I went to New England. So I was like, "Okay, that's my number, 44." So I was hoping I can go there and get 44. I couldn't even do that. I couldn't even pay for my number because uh, Heath Evans had it. That's right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn. Well, I mean, that's, that's one thing, you know, as I was like saying to you, I, I can't think of another, like Heath Evans, Lee Suggs are the only 44s that come to mind, but Eric Warfield's right at the top of that number 44 list. So it's a very yeah. distinguishing number. So, you know, 23, you think of Jordan, 44, I think of Eric Warfield. That's what's up. <laughs> Legacy. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right so we're gonna break it in uh for this week uh we have a, we have a couple things we said last week uh, jd's gonna go into the tight ends that he likes uh, in this draft class um and then he's also he also mentioned to a couple of fan on twitter he's gonna talk about some of the left tackles he likes um so next week eric if you could give us your top five corners before we head to the draft or the guys that you like in the, in the draft um to give us a little, a little a little breakdown of the corners that you that maybe struck out interest of you um, I, I, even jumping the gun on that, there's some favoritism in there because I have some guys that I played with and their sons are like top of the crop, you know, Asante Samuel, Patrick Sertan, Joe Horn. So like, the, I think all three of those guys are like, you know, in the top five. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Yeah, for sure. Where they go. And, and it, talk about legacies that it's, it's going to be interesting to see those guys flourish in the NFL, just, to, just like their fathers. And they'll be awesome. Yep. Um, but before we get into the tight end breakdown of uh, Jason, uh, so this past week, um, a fan favorite, I, I was calling like a training camp all-star and preseason superstar, Jody Fortson, um, he posted a video, um, he was a receiver, he posted a video and he also, in that video uh, that went on Twitter, he also said that uh, this tight end is looking to, uh, you know, do work this upcoming season. Yeah, I, I don't know, that wasn't the exact quote, but he said he, was, he called himself a tight end. Now, we've seen in recent years, Darren Waller went from receiver to tight end, and he's, you know, amazing. He's uh, Look at his stats, look at his numbers, he speaks for himself. This guy's six foot six, 230. He runs about a 4840 based on his combine numbers. Um, he's from Valdosta State, so D2 school. Um, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, and, and people love him. He's like the Bobby Scipio of the last two years that people are loving this guy during uh, training camp and stuff. What what are your thoughts on I guess and how, how big of an adjustment is it from a, a receiver to go to from receiver to tight end? And I know in, in this day and age it's a little different than when you played, but what how kind of a big of an adjustment is that? Uh, I mean it's it's this day and age as far as like the offense is what they do. Uh, it's not big of an not that big of an adjustment, especially you're just going to be a pass catching tight end, right? And and, and Waller who who made that transition uh, just. Pre- pretty much became that. And it's really based off what you're asking these guys to do out there at tight ends. So if he's just going to be a route runner catching footballs so he can, you know, just line up against linebackers and safeties, then he's your type of guy. Now, I think we already got that guy, right? If I'm not mistaken, we got a guy named Travis Kelsey up there right now. I think so. Yeah. So, uh, and, and not taking nothing, you know, away from him, but, you know, we're looking for somebody else who is going to be able to come in and maybe do some inline blocking, or, you know, be able to block uh, a little bit more effectively. And so it, he, he has a skill set and 
which is which is absolutely going to work in his favor. And I, I I tell you what, I watched a little bit of his workout, man. I like his game. And being from Madalsa State, man, he's going to have that dog in him. I know he's going to come out here. He's going to play hard, and he's going to be hungry. So that's a great thing, man, because he just he, he wants it. I, you know, I've seen some little bit of his you know his Twitter page, but you could just tell his attitude about wanting to come out here to play. The thing is, when you're talking about getting out there, getting reps, what is that going to mean? So that, that's my take on it, man. But I, look, I, I hope the best for him, man. I, you know, I, I love to see him out there playing. Like I said, he's going to have that about him. But the thing is, is he's going to be able to take some some reps away from Travis Kelsey. And he's going to yeah. be able to add on to what, you know, you want him to do as far as like in the blocking game as well. Yeah. Man, f- football is based on athletes. Like, I'm talking about guys that are all around athletes. And, heck, we see two right now that are top of the crop uh, as far as stat-wise and what they've done, accomplishment. Both are Hall of Famers, and um, Tony Gonzalez and uh, Gate, Antonio Gates, uh, basketball player, Hall of Fame tight end. You know, Travis Kelsey was a tight end, was, was a basketball player also. So, heck, I even think Jason was, you know, pretty good athlete of basketball and track. That's right. Uh, I mean, I think he's kind of like Will Shields, not Will Shields, but uh, like Big Will Shields. <laughs> no, Will Chamberlain. You know, he's gonna tell you all these stories, but we don't have any footage on him. Hey, I told you I, I had to do like this. I got to blow the dust off of some of these things. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, and get him. I got some film though, E. I got some now. <laughs> A picture of you hold up. <laughs> a picture of you hold up fifty. Uh, yeah, doing like this with the camera. You don't roll the camera. Oh man. Yeah, but so there's there's very few guys uh, on a football team that that aren't able to play multiple sports and and be good at it. So I think transitioning is just a matter of you know what you can do for a team. Um, you know, the, the guy who was that? The guy who was Seattle, Stevens. I think he dated the soccer player. Oh, Jeremy Stevens. Yeah, it came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know, basketball player also. And uh, it, it's just perfect timing for him. And it worked at Seattle. And then when he went somewhere else, it, it didn't. Um, but I think just, uh, the right time, the right place, it can work for anybody. Um, yeah. And like JD said, it's just a matter of what kind of tight end that you want. Now, the thing with, with, with you know, people like Kelsey – Kelsey may not be the best blocker, but him being so good at in routes, you have to be hesitant. You can't just blast off the line and to try to get to the quarterback when a, your defensive coordinator is wanting you to get a chip on him to slow him down. So you have to be hesitant to see what he's going to do. And he doesn't have to be the, the, the best blocker because it doesn't take very long to hold, your, hold his ground uh, to keep that defensive end from going up the field so quick. Um, and having that, that running back get through a hole or giving that quarterback an extra step. So uh, there's a difference in what tight ends bring to the game. And, you know, when you have a guy like Kelsey and Kittles and uh, uh, the guy over at the Raiders, uh, what's his name we just talked about? I forget. Waller. Right? Waller. Yeah, Waller. Yeah. They, 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 they create so much havoc and open so much up for the offense, whether that's the running game or the passing game for the receivers. Uh, because it's so hard to have safeties nowadays to come down and cover one of those guys one-on-one. You might have to double-team uh, those guys, and then you're leaving these, you know, 
phenomenal uh, athletes that we call receivers that some of the tallest and fastest people out there to go one-on-one. So uh, it, it kind of starts with the tight end to where they're, 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 they're causing more havoc for, for defenses to, 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 to focus on and, and to shut down. So when you get a guy like Kelsey and Kittle and, and Waller, man, it, it creates so much havoc um, trying to stop them and, and, and opening up the offense so much. So to, to get a guy that's a former receiver – uh, with his size and, 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 and speed and, and the way they run their routes, it should be an easy transition. Uh, yet it's going to be a more physical transition. So um, if he can do it, you know, more power to him. I'd like to see it happen. Um, you know, Kelsey is getting up there in years and, you know, still productive, you know, still the best at, at, at the game. But, uh, yeah, when, when, when you're getting up there in the years, you do like to find a, a new protege to, to take over. Or follow those footsteps. Man, you, you know, matter of fact, uh, you know, thinking about this, see, uh, you know, it kind of reminds me, same thing about Michael Ricks. Shout out to Ricksy. Yeah. You know, who came in and and, and Ricks, it, and here's the thing, because Ricks was able to stretch the field, right? Coming in from, from San Diego, was able to stretch the field, but the limited part was, okay, well now in the running game, is he going to be able to get out there and be physical, right? Yeah. So we had him and Tony, but like the the aspect of like like stretching the field vertically, hey, no doubt about it. And so that 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 that's what I would say. He has that element to his game, right? We we, we know he has that element to the game. Uh, is there going to be something that you just add on as far as uh, offensively and saying, well, maybe now the receiver aspect of it, you look for a guy on the inside and then let Tyreek play on the outside even more. You know what I mean? And so it's, I know it's all, look, and we know it's all about matchups in the league. That's it. Oh, yeah. That's it. Athletes, more about matchups. But shoot, if you're taking away from the aspect of your running the football effectively, if a guy can't block, he just can't block. And, and then he becomes a liability. You don't want to, no. yeah. And I'm not saying he will be. I'm just saying if he works on that game enough, and I think he needs to just probably more so concentrate on focus on that part of the game, he'll be fine. Shoot, you know, he might be the guy we're looking for, right? To, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, it's, it, it, that's the reason why I bring it up because, you know, it's tight end. A second tight end is kind of what we've been talking about on the show for yeah, since during the year. We, we would see Kaiser, you know, kind of, you know, uh, flub on some, some of the, his blocking assignments and also dropping passes too. So it could be something where we get another weapon in there. And then if they do, you know, if he does, you know, I guess repetition of the blocking, you know, become a, a solid a number two guy that could, that could be another weapon for us. Um, yep. Especially when Watkins is gone and, you know, is filling the void in other ways. And if we do draft another guy that that's a, a welcome as well. All right. So our, ne- our next concern. Um, so this is, it kind of broke two weeks ago, but then there's been some updates I've seen on Twitter. So an old friend alert uh, is a, a former teammate of yours, Jason, uh, former chief safety, the uh, bone crusher, Bernard Pollard. Um, he's coming out of retirement. He's 36 years old. He's been away from the game for six years. Um, and now he plans on coming out and playing at 220 pounds. Um, I remember when he came out for the draft, people said, oh, he's safety. He could be a linebacker. I mean, you can, you can kind of put him all over the field. But now he, he says he's, he's ready to go. And also, apparently, he said he's already spoken with the Chiefs. Now, who knows what the extent of the conversations were for that. But just upon seeing this, a guy coming out of retirement at 36, uh, what, are, what are your initial reactions to, to seeing this? You want to go first, E? I mean, I, to be honest, I don't see it happening just because of the speed of the game. And I know Pollard knows the speed of the game. And he knows when, when after sitting out that long, man, 
<laughs> a, a missing a step is, is, is more than missing a step. When you get, you know, you got young guys coming in each year, you know, getting bigger and faster. So, you know, more power to him if he's able to do so. Um, you know, I don't know what he's done to keep himself in shape, to keep himself up at, at top speed. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not, I don't think it's an easy transition. I guess, but if he, but he, if he's able to do so, uh, you know, more power to him. You know, I, I don't, I like the two that we have. So I'm not going to sit there and say we need him. I'm not going to say he's the, the key piece that we, that we need or we want. So um, if he's able to do so, you know, I take my hat off to him. Yeah, I, I had to say it, man. B-Pop, man, uh, you know, good dude, uh, you know, uh, pretty kind of uh, famous for all the, the, the booty popping he did in, in the on the video in the locker room. You know, if everybody don't know who he is, so that, that's B-Pop, man. Good dude, though. So, and I'm right with you, E. You know, if he's able to come out there and and, and do it, make that transition, and able to keep up with the young guys, hey, man, more power to him. You know what I'm saying? I, true, that, that's the guy I'll, I'll be rooting for. I'll root for, a you know, guy 36 years old trying to make it back. You know, and that's the main thing. If you're able to make the roster, shoot, by all means, shoot, open it up. No doubt about it. He made a roster. You know, kudos to him. And it, it, it is tough. It is tough. And, and we look at guys that, I remember playing against, you know, Daryl Green, who was like 40 when he, he stopped. But Daryl kept playing all the time, and he yeah. was always like the fastest one in the NFL. He was always the fastest player in the NFL. So when you were the fastest player in the NFL, even if you miss a step, you always you still faster than everybody else. <laughs> so yeah, D, D Green, uh, I don't, you know, I don't know if he's in good shape, and I don't know what he's been doing. Uh, Shoot, if he's been out there maybe practicing with some of these guys and maybe at camps with some of these guys during the offseason, he's just thinking, look, look, I keep up with these dudes. You know, I can cover these guys. And maybe he's working out maybe with some top wide receivers. If he's been doing that, then, yeah, fine. And it's all about just making a roster. But, I, look, hey, look, I, I, I hope he makes it. Uh, if he doesn't, then, shoot, go on, give it a shot, man. Give it a try. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Shoot, if you think about coming out of retirement, man, I, I got your back, brother. You know what I'm saying? Me? Yeah, you. Yeah, if you want to come out, I got Man, you. Man, I, I wouldn't. Eat, I wouldn't even get a good water bottle. I don't. I couldn't get you a water bottle in time. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all thought it's dying there. <laughs> <laughs> but now, nah, man, seriously though, man, yeah, Bernard, man, he he's a good dude, man. If if he's able to make it and the team see it and they're talking, I know they're gonna give him a, a, a fair shot uh, to make the roster. And like I said, if he makes the roster, man, I'll be one of the first ones to cheer him on for sure. But the game has also changed since he played, though, JD. Like it's not Bernard's. Bernard's a hitter. Yeah, he is. He you is. know, you can't you can't come up and make big hits anymore. You know, those are, that's that's uh you know either selfless, uh, not selfless, but um what does it call it? Um, it's a personal fire one way or another. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, you got to be able to be a playmaker nowadays. And knowing how to hit, when to hit, and I don't—I'm uh, pretty sure he studied enough tape to, to see and understand that. But that's not a part of his game. He's a—he's a punisher. You know, he's always been the one to come up and make the big hits. Right. So, but I mean, maybe he's picked up, you know, some extra steps, and and um, he's worked on his speed and agility to be able to to go out there and keep up with these young guys. I—I I don't see it happening, but I won't—I won't. I won't uh, be pessimistic about his his uh, return uh, if he's able to do so. Like I said, I like to see him. I like to see that. Yeah, 
Yeah, 36 years old, you know, it's obviously the, the, the point that you made, uh, Eric, being out of the game for six years. If you're just 36 and he was, you know, playing, still playing with teams and stuff, he was 36, then, you know, just a 36-year-old DB. But the fact that, you know, he's been out for six years and then coming back, that's, that's, a, that's a good point that I, I didn't even think about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also an, another, uh, you know, it's, he's, a, he's a number 40 DB alum with the Chiefs, number 49. That's true. <laughs> that's true. <Yeah. laughs> Um, all right. All right. So, okay. So finally, as we promised many of our viewers and listeners on Twitter and in YouTube commenters, uh, that we're going to hear from Jason on his top tight ends in this draft class. Now, Jason, who are you looking at in this, uh, in this draft class, man? Ooh. So who am I looking at? Who am I looking at for the team? You know, is, is that we look, so what I'll do, I'll just, I'll give you my, my, my top prospect prospects for tight ends right now. Uh, and where I think that we have a chance and opportunity to maybe get guys maybe in the fourth or fifth round, maybe with their first or second pick. Uh, but right now, I, I don't think that tight end is one of those issues that is that, that is very uh, important that we need to be thinking like, oh, we need to get this guy in the first, second or third. I, I don't believe that. I think we can find somebody that is uh, is a great tight end, probably in the fourth or fifth round. So, of course, the first one we start off, man, we're talking about, you know, Kyle Pitts, right? Kyle Pitts is going to be a first round pick. He's going to probably be one of the top five guys taken without a doubt, just because of his athleticism, uh, what he brings to the team. Uh, he, he's just, he's just phenomenal. And he's just another one of those guys like same dude. He, he's somebody that runs route. Well, you know, um, and he's big enough to block, put his nose into it. So I, I like his, uh, I like Cal Pitts. Now I'm going to cut you off, JD. One sec, one sec. Tell me both of y'all, um, what do y'all know about Kyle Pitts besides the information that's given pre pre uh, pre draft? Because to be honest, I I watched some of Florida's games. I watched quite a bit of college football. I don't recall hearing his name throughout much of anything. And all of a sudden, this draft comes up, and what he's done, you know, uh, combine wise, he's like the number one best you know, best thing out there. And I never really heard of Kyle Pitts. You know what, man, it's, I'm going to be honest with you, this past year, as far as just watching college football, I didn't really watch a whole lot of it. And so what I was getting back was just kind of evaluating some of the film that that, that was out there, uh, just seeing like, you know, how he moved, how he, you know, was catching football, uh, you know, in traffic, uh, you know, one-on-one with guys, you know, his, his uh, you know, his hip movement, all those different things. So pretty much it was, I'm right with you, E. You know, some of these names is coming up, you know, as far as tight ends wise. And and even like when I was in the NFL, I didn't really watch college that much to know who guys were that was coming back, you know, was coming out, to be honest yeah. with you. I just, I just never really focused on that part of it. So, uh, but I mean, Cal Pitts, because of what he, you know, he was able to do physically and athletically, you know, everybody's just on top of him. And then when you look at his tape, he, you know, he, he jumps out on you on the screen. And, you know, when you got a guy like that that jumps out on it, you know that, shoot, when he jumps out, he's like, oh, okay, this guy is a real deal. So, I mean, he's, he's a real deal, man. So that, that's what I was looking at. Just some of the stuff over his highlights, some of the film, just kind of watching him. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, he's a okay. real deal, though. Yeah. Um, now, did you know a lot about it, Marcus? I watched a few Florida games, and he was, like, the only offensive weapon that I really noticed. It wasn't. I wasn't like, oh, this guy's gonna be the number one. You know, number one overall player in the draft. And I think the quarterback was up for like. I think he was in the top five for Heisman pick during. Yeah, Tr- the, Tr- Trask was up there. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, so he and, was and, he was top, and all of a sudden it's like it's the tight end now. So yeah, he, he, actually isn't getting any love. Actually, he, they haven't won in the second or third round. Okay, well go ahead, JD. All right. So so my number two uh, was the uh, Brevin Jordan. Brevin Jordan, uh, another guy who's uh, is more of a pass catching tight end. And, and look, I'm, I'm gonna say this. the the top three guys are really pass catching tight ends. You know what what teams are looking for. Uh, and it was like Brevin Jordan, uh, uh, Pratt Furman is another, a Fury or whatever his name is. Uh, but then I started getting into like guys, I started looking that the Chiefs can get uh, that are good blockers. And, and some of these guys are not are, could be decent inline blockers, but also to kind of line up in the backfield, get through the whole block of linebackers. Uh, so my number three guy was uh, Tommy Trimble. Tommy Trimble from Notre Dame, man. Is, uh, I watched him. Uh, and he's he's a physical guy. He loves going in and just l- loves contact. And the thing is, he hunts to hit someone. And it's a rare thing to do. Like a guy that you see as H back, he's looking for the guy to hit. He don't mind sticking his head into it. So I, I love that aspect about him because he's always just looking for you know the physical things about it. Uh, another guy, uh, Trey uh, McKitty. Trey McKitty, man from uh, from Georgia, right? So, uh, he's a uh, He's another guy, man, that just is a physical dude. You know, he likes, you know, going in. He, he runs great routes, but he don't mind hitting guys. And I like tight ends who don't mind hitting, who's not trying to olay guys and just, like, just get in front of them. This guy's trying to stick his head in, and, and he's a good inline blocker. So I like him a lot. So I think those two guys could actually fall into the Chiefs' laps a little bit later. And if we don't have him, I, I think we could probably get uh, – Hunter Long. Hunter Long is another guy that uh, from uh, from uh, Boston College, and big guy, uh, kind of burly. You know, he's got a, a big big presence about him, uh, and, and he's kind of underrated, I think, a lot. And I think he could you could bring this guy in, and he'll he'll do wonders for the team. Uh, it can make some plays. Uh, will, will shock you as far as like catching the football and actually getting down the field. So he's another guy. Uh, That's probably my favorite, by the way, JD. Outside, oh, outside, outside of pace, but Hunter Long. I mean, his player comp. I, I was watching him play and like just see highlights and stuff, and it looked like to me it had a little bit of Mark Andrews in him. It, it kind of reminded me of Lamar. Yes, right. His ball ability, and he's not not a bad, and he's not a bad blocker too. So that that's I, I I love that, and they have him going late in the draft based on mock drafts I've seen. So yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that that's my personal favorite so far of those guys. Right. So then we go to like the physical presence, uh, Tony, uh, Tony Poyan from Virginia, big guy. I think he's like six, seven, something like that. Six, seven, six, eight, just a big, long, lanky guy, uh, who, if you just tell him, put his mitts on people, he'll, he'll, he'll get just with his size alone, just get in the way. Uh, and he's, he's huh? How tall are you? Six, six. So Kelsey's taller than you? No, Kelsey's like Six, six, four, five. six, five. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm six, six. So it wasn't too many guys, uh, tight end wise, it was taller than me. Everybody, you know what he? And sometimes I don't really realize how big I am. And then when I, I used to look, at, I mean, I, well, well, I you know why? Shoot, we walk around the NFL locker room. There's a whole lot of jokers walking around. You know, six, six. You know what I'm saying? Six, seven. You know, there's a few of them. But then yeah. I, would look, I would look at pictures of us in the huddle, and I'm like, "Dang on, I'm, I'm about as tall as I'm taller than everybody else," you know. So I don't know, I don't know. 
don't know why it never just really dawned on me. Maybe because I was just around big people. And then when I, I retired and I started walking around like normal sized people, and everybody started yeah. looking at me like, dang. <laughs> like I was just this big old giant just walking through. <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah. Like a circus freak. Uh, but, but my last guy on this is uh, Nick Eubanks, now from Michigan. Now, I don't know why, you know, they're kind of down on this guy, but I think, you know, he'll, he'll be a nice fit for the NFL. Uh, and maybe it's just, I don't know, I don't want to speculate, but sometimes what ends up happening, if a guy's not as productive in some other years, and then all of a sudden you have uh, uh, a, a little bit of uh, expectations for him to be better and, you know, more, sometimes it doesn't work like that. Sometimes the offense isn't the same. Sometimes the quarterback is the same. And and then a guy's not as productive, but then you get down on him. Oh, well, he's not as good. Well, shoot, maybe he's not getting as many balls. You don't know what the conversation is at practice. You don't know what's going on, you know, with him and the coaching staff. So I think, man, if he gets into the NFL, I think he's going to be uh, a pretty good tight end. But those guys right now, I'm just, I'm naming uh, that the Chiefs would do well uh, to get in the draft. Maybe the top three I said we might won't be able to get, but at least, you know, Tommy Trimble, uh, uh, Trey McKitty, uh, Hunter Long, Nick Eubanks and Tony Pullian, I, I think is those guys could fall into the laps of the Chiefs, man, and, and, and will be better for it. So that's my assessment. Awesome. And, uh, and uh, you Chief Concerns fans, you heard it here first. Jason Dunn, stamp of approval on uh, tight ends in the draft right there. And next week we got uh, Eric will give us a little uh, – he kind of gives a little hint at where he would go with his top cornerbacks. But um, – Next week we may we'll get a uh, a little analysis from our uh, resident cornerback in Eric Warfield. Sweet, yo. Uh, and all right, so our final segment tonight before we end the show is our Chiefs Kingdom Concern segment. And tonight we have a YouTube commenter on us who's been the, uh, three weeks ago. He commented saying, "How do I get on the show?" The guy told him to send me his email. He gave, he gave it. Um, his name is Chris Chris Wolfenberger. I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, he's coming on here tonight. He's got some questions for YouTube. We're gonna get Chris on right now. Hey. hey, what's going hey, on, Chris? Man? Chris, how are you guys tonight? Doing well, Doing well. So. yeah. Living the dream right here in Kansas City. What part so, of Kansas uh, City are you in? Pardon me? What part of Kansas City? Raymore. Okay, know exactly where you're As a matter of fact, Mr. Warfield, one of my appraisers that works for me, uh, Tommy Sheehy, told me to tell you hi. He said, Oh, you're Sheehy, I got you. <laughs> So uh, tell him I said hi. I most assuredly will. I most assuredly will. I'm uh, I'm rocking my Daniel Sorensen tonight. Oh, okay. see? yeah, yeah. And, uh, I just wanted to uh, ask, who should I ask my question to first, Mr. Dunn or Mr. Warfield? The floor is yours, man. You. Well, if the floor is mine, then let's start with Mr. Dunn. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, as a, as Andy Reid being a former lineman, and uh, and the way your career ended up playing out. Do you think he could possibly use a blocking tight end to help shore up that left tackle situation that we haven't managed to secure a veteran yet? Uh, I think so. Uh, you know, I think I think they're, they're they're probably exploring that option right now. To be honest with you, uh, yeah. And, and some of the guys that I, I named uh, in this segment is is that I, I think you can get in the draft, maybe fourth or fifth round, uh, that could help out tremendously uh, in, in the inline blocking, and so. <laughs> Uh, you always look for a guy that, that can give some help, maybe be able to chip. And you, you might not want to live in on, on, on the running back, 
but a guy like a tight end, H-back type of guy, uh, yes, sir. Would, would definitely be able to do it. So I, I know Andy's thinking about that. I mean, look, you got to think about all scenarios, right? Let's say yes, it didn't sir. work out, right? And the guy's going to take a little bit long to, longer to develop. So right. while he's developing, hey, let's give this guy some help, right? Shoot, Absolutely. Let's, Absolutely. Yeah, let's tip let's on this guy. Uh, and sometimes I'll tell you, it's like when you're blocking the in-line, you hear guys all the time, and maybe you don't hear it on, on like, hey, man, chip this guy for me. Hey, just give him a little, you know, little bit right here to slow him down. And yes, so, hey, hey, there's nothing wrong with that, man. But I know Andy, being an offensive lineman, he understands, hey, sometimes he's got big guys need help up front too. Uh, and if we can help a guy who may be a rookie coming in as a, as a our left tackle, right. sure, give him a tight end, man, it's going to be able to, to, you know, give a couple of uh, rib hooks you know, to a guy on a defensive end, you know, slow him down. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I do. Just to slow him down a step. Just to slow him down a step. Exactly. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, my, my, my second question is for Mr. Warfield. Uh, I've got to throw some numbers at you, Mr. Warfield. Um, 216th drafted, tied for 120th in passes defended all time in the NFL. Number two all-time pass defender for the Kansas City Chiefs. And tied for number one with Marcus Allen for the coolest size to ever look out of a Chiefs helmet. Um, <laughs> what do you think about Brett Veach's ability? How would you grade Brett Veach's ability to find talent late in the draft? I mean, you were obviously a mainstay at, for a seventh-round pick. I looked at everybody that's picked in the seventh round, and there wasn't a single one of them that played ball hardly. And yeah. you were in, in, in one of the best at it. How do you think he's done? I think he's done a phenomenal job. You know, we've he's come in and brought some guys in that have, you know, not not Pro Bowl type corners, um, but they've done enough to solidify the job that we need them for. Now, I think Breland is is a Pro Bowl type corner. Uh, yes, sir. Ward, young, he's making his rounds. Uh, someday depends on how long you know what he does with the organization. Uh, will basically uh, solidify his time in Kansas City. Uh, so far, I, I, just, I like the picks that we have going in uh, in last year. It's just it's so hard when you don't get the amount of pressure up front from your front seven to be able to go out and, and to maintain certain coverages in a secondary. So uh, with all that being said, uh, not to take away from what those guys have done, but really, a secondary is only going to be as good as what your front seven can uh, can give you as far as pressure on a quarterback. Yeah. And you know, most of the Hall of Fame guys that that have have that have had great careers have played against have, have played with a, a a great front seven. Yes, sir. And let me add on to that question. Then, if you were drafting, what characteristics would you look at in a late round draft pick that might make them a diamond in the rough that that you think that you could sh shine on? Awareness, number one, um, because so many guys think that just because they're fast, they can cover uh, anybody on the field. But, you know, speed is always good, but if you don't know what, if you don't, if you're not aware of, of certain coverages, uh, spacing on the field, you know what receivers lined up where, um, then it, it doesn't matter because uh, you, you can be put in situations to where if you're guarding the slot guy, you got a two-way, you know, receiver that can take you either way. Right. Uh, if you're guarding uh, a, a smaller guy, Tariq Hill on the outside, then yeah, you got to speed, you got to race on the outside. But then right. you have these other shifty and maneuverable uh, receivers that that are great route runners. 
uh, to where if you're not able to come in and out of cuts, then then your speed is, is pretty irrelevant. So uh, I, I like the, the 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 agile ones that are able to, to move and turn their hips and to be uh, very cognitive of, of the ball when, and, and, and the awareness of where they are on the field. Well, who's your seventh round sleeper pick this year then? Ooh. <laughs> Not to put you on the spot, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so our seventh round pick, I don't know what. So I, I I'd like to see what we've already picked so far to, okay. to enhance the team and then to say, OK, OK, that's the guy we need. So uh, what is the draft next week? Uh, it's coming up. I know that. I'm excited. Yeah, so I, the, I hope we can in, have in you April. on and I'll give you. Are you on? You're on Twitter, right? Yes, sir. All right. Well, I'm going to give you a shout out before. Uh, before uh, the seventh round, to to let you know what what I would pick for, okay. for us on that on yeah. that team. So I'll look forward to that. Um, yeah. Can I can I ask one one follow up question? As oh yeah. Both, as both of you yeah. guys were uh, former players, um, how are your fellow veterans dealing with their their CTE and their their TBIs? And what are your thoughts on CBDs, neuroplasticities, ability? to protect your brains on the inside of the helmet instead of just on the outside. I know Nick Lowry is a big advocate of this, and I'm wondering how your fellow players are ma maintaining their quality of life after, after pro football. You know, everybody's got their own uh, way of, of, of coping with life right now. You know, some guys are struggling. Some guys are doing well. Some guys right. are, are, are kind of at that, that level to where they don't really understand if they're dealing with CTE or just management of, of daily life activities. So uh, it's just a matter of, 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 you know, who and how they perceive uh, their their mental, I guess, uh, uh, what how they deal with certain things in life. And as far as the CBD thing, yeah, Nick Nick is big on it. I've never tried it. Uh, I've heard a lot of people, uh, especially athletes, that have spoken on it and that love it. Um, you know, maybe it's something in the near future that I, I, I might try, but at, at the moment, I don't know enough about it to, to, to take a chance on it. Um, and uh, I mean, I support all the guys that, that, that are doing it, that it's helping their way of life. Yes, sir. Um, because I've had, you know, some of my teammates that have passed away. Um, you know, we've got guys that are dealing with uh, the guy just the last week that, that killed five people and then took his own life. You know, we've had a couple of those that have happened. So uh, you yes, hate sir. to see situations get to that extreme. Uh, so as a way of managing it and how to to, to control it, I, I, I don't know the answer to that. You know, that's a tough job for the NFL and the uh, NFLPA um, because you don't know what every single person is dealing with on a daily basis. You know, I, I think they do uh, a decent job to try to, implement their benefits plans to, to help out guys in every situation. It's just a matter of you yourself as an ex-player uh, taking full advantage of what's given and then taking advantage of, of, of the support that you have around you. Um, so th there's, there's so many ins and outs to it to where it's, it's a hard answer to it all. But, um, you know, heck, I've, I've even had my, my battles with depression and yes, mental sir. struggles and heck, even memory loss. So, um, uh, but I, I try to stay in touch with family and friends to keep my mind, you know, fresh and and, and yeah. to, to keep happiness throughout my life. So, uh, but yet again, it, it's still it's a daily struggle. 
I, uh, I'm a former vet, former combat medic and uh, helped with the foundation. And we were blessed at the Super Bowl to, to be able to be with some of the NFL Hall of Famers. And one of their wives said, there's nothing more frustrating than an alpha male who's coming to the kitchen furious about something that can't remember why he's mad. Yeah. We got from one room to the other. And uh, that's a chronic CT. So anyway, I, I really appreciate you all taking the time to answer my well, question. I don't know if Jason has an input on yeah, so. I, I, wanted, I wanted to add on to it real quick, Chris. Please. Um, <clears throat> and what I want to say is, is this. Um, as far as dealing with the CBD, I think it would be in the NFL's best interest to actually do like a peer review to find out some more of these things, right? Yes, because sir. I think, uh, and, and a lot of it is because of the the the, uh, uh, the pushback that you're getting is that the NFL is not doing enough. And sometimes when it ends up happening, you start seeing because it, it came out that also too, uh, that there might've been some type of bias, like racial bias when guys were not be able to get some of uh, the, the supplemental you know, money you know, to right. help them out with CTE. And, and like he said, I, I've known several guys who, who, who deal with it. And, and sometimes these things can be evaluated until it's post-mortem, right? And that's the, right. that's the sad part of it. Junior yeah. Seau was a great Junior example. Seau, right. study his brain. Yes, right. It, it, when, when somebody tells you, they shoot themselves in the, in the heart and in the chest says, I want my brain to be evaluated because I know I'm yeah. not thinking right then you know that's an issue that everybody's like, wait a minute, we got to wake up to this. And so right. I understand that, you you know, you try to change the rules to try to, you know, at least alleviate some of these things, the concussions and whatnot, but you're not going to be able to do it all. And I, no. and I think what they say, as, as you know, it's as a comeback medic, it's not that the forward concussions, it's the repeated hits over and over again that get yeah. you, right? And the, so, time like, in between, the time in between contacts is, is as important as the dynamic of when he won contact. Yes, yes. And so like he says, man, you, you know, you always wonder about these things, you know, like it's memory loss, because you always wonder, well, is it me getting older, right? Is, is it me just getting older for getting things? Yeah. Every day. <laughs> right. Or is, is this a symptom of something, a big issue that's going on? And nobody wants to go down that road of thinking that. So I, 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 I'm 100% right with you. If trying to do something to either delay the effects or like, like uh you know, I've looked at some of this as far as the, the Campbell door, uh, you know, as far as like rerouting the, you know, the brain system and, and, and getting in, like you said, helping with depression, helping with some of the nervous system. And I'm, I'm, I'm a, look, if anything can help a guy out to get away from, you know, being in the, in the position that way, why not do it? Why not NFL put some money into it, peer review, you know, yep. it's worth the effort. You know, you, you're trying to save these guys. These guys play for, you know, you all. You know, we was doing out here, play a game to, to make everybody happy, to entertain, and take care of the guys. It's just that simple, you know? What did your mom say when you were in the store and knocked something off the shelf and broke it? You broke it, you bought it, right? That's right. right. The, the Army or military, same way. You broke it, you bought it. NFL, you broke it, you bought it. Let's get these guys the treatment they need. That's right. Um, I just want to let you both know how, what an honor it is as a lifelong Chiefs fan I'm 52 years old. I was too young to remember the first Super Bowl. Um, definitely remember your both of your careers in depth, and I really appreciated the way that you approached the game as professionals on and off the field with integrity and uh, and grace. And and now that we are uh, three-time AFC hosts uh, of the championship game, I, I think that uh, 
you got to be proud to have that red and gold background. Oh, heck yeah. Absolutely. Well, hey, man, I take my hat off to you for your service. Absolutely. And for your phone yes, call in. Yes, call, yeah. call, call on the show anytime you want to, Chris. Definitely, yes, man. Chris. That's really enjoyed it. Yeah, Chris, I, man, I, I, one, of, one of my guys, man, who was a, a combat medic, man, he, he's one of the best guys I know, man, he, and you're just like him. And, and the thing is, that's what I love about it because he's he's a guy that that has a great temperature on everything and everybody. He just He's just that type of guy, man. I, I could tell you one of those guys too, man. But, yeah, definitely hats off to you, man. Appreciate your service, brother. I no. certainly appreciate it. And now, now Eric Morefield's tied for number one again. Yeah. <laughs> he and I got the best looking barbers, that's for sure. You know it. <laughs> okay, well, you guys have a great show, the rest of the show. And thank you so much for spreading the word about Cheese Kingdom. I appreciate y'all. All right, thank you, man. Have a great course. night. All right, brother. Thank you so much. Have a good one. That was awesome, man. Awesome. It's it's cool, you know. You know, it's like we've talked about this before. It's a Chiefs show, but you know, we we get to talk about other topics and stuff, especially when our guests come on. You know, bring these great topics up, these questions. It's a, it's always nice, you know, to kind of you know go three sixty of what you know. It's more than football, you know. At the, at yeah. the end of the day, it's more than football. Um, and I do, and I do agree. I've I've had a conversation. It's funny that he brought the whole, you know, the, the CBD and and you know having that work with concussions and stuff. Um, how you brought up the the peer review, you know, it's one thing to say, you know, what what's been done before, right? The NFL can say, you know, that that was before we knew about, you know, about you know what CTE is and the brain injuries. But it's what you brought up, JD. It's there's going to be future if we want football to last. To right. our grandchildren, our great great grandchildren, we have to take care of you know our players now. You know, do the research, do the work to, you know, to try to mitigate and, and help and prevent as much as possible. And, you know, yeah. stuff like, you know, we, and they try to fix things that we've done throughout, throughout the game. And I understand as much as we hate it. So I, I guess we're part of the old school, JD. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I sit back and I complain a lot about, oh man, you can't be calling these kind of hits. You can't be calling, you know, these kind of plays like you're taking, you're taking away from the game. But then it's like when you look at the bigger picture of the game and, and where some of these guys sit at home or if they're not sitting at home, how they've taken their lives to try to prove a point as to what they're dealing with. Um, it's scary, man. It's, it's 100 percent scary. And the, but the great thing about it is that, you know what, of everything that I know about anything about football, I'm talking about anything inside out, good and bad. I would still go back and play it. I agree with you. I agree with you. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Uh, and, and, the, and the good thing, he, this, this is what I love about it is because, you know, you knew you talking about, you know, dealing with these issues and as we all are, you know, this play before. Right. And it's always those questions of, of depression or maybe anxiety. You know what I'm saying? Things that, that we all deal with. And it's always that question. Is, is this one of the things that is a reflection in a yes. sense of, of playing football now? Right. But I, I, I want to say, though, e, that's what I appreciate you, because. Just being able to just talk and just have a conversation because it just brightens my heart and my spirit, man. Every time I'm able to just connect, man, and talk to you and then all the guys, you know, every time we're able to get together and just talk, man. It's just, you know, those things are therapeutic and we, we just need to continue oh, heck to yeah. do more of that. Oh, yeah, definitely. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's one thing, you know, how, J.D., you, you said, like, you, you don't know if, like, you're just having a normal day where, you know, you're getting older, so you're forgetting something. And it's one thing, you know, I – I just played, I played, I played a couple of years of college football, right? That's as much as I got, but yeah. like the CTE, they say it could happen one day of practice. You can get, Absolutely. you can get, you get the, tra- the traumatic, you know, and, and it can actually impact you for the rest of your life. Just one hit can do that. So mm-hmm. like I, I, 
I don't know if I if I if I have a little a minor version of CTE, but like I will say, I've noticed that as I've gotten older, there's been times where I'm just for, I'm forgetting everything, man. And I don't know, and that could be you know just as I get older, I'm just forgetting stuff, you know, just like common things, you know, like I where's my wallet and I have my wallet in my pocket. And it happens quite often actually where I, where I forget my car keys. Car keys are in my hand. I'm looking all around the house. Where the hell are the car keys? You know. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's crazy that we don't know if that's CTE, and you don't know the the post mortem aspect of it. And that's that's the kind of scary and sad thing of of this yeah. of this disease. So uh, uh, I tell you, another guy that does great work with it too is Cal Turley. So you know, check Cal out too, man. He, he does. Yeah, I follow him on Instagram. Do you? Yeah, man. Cal does a wonderful job, man. And I know he's a, he's a big advocate of it. And he's been he's been going at the NFL to change these things. Like, look, these guys you know, need help. We don't want to be on pills. You know, we, we don't want to deal with these things. You know, you just want a, a, a better quality of life after we get finished playing. And so, uh, like I said, I think it just being the NFL's best interest, man, to kind of, you know, do it for, for you know, their their look and the optics of it, but also, too, just to protect the players, you know. Yeah. And we need it. Sure. But Love, it. Love you guys, man. Love you guys. Yes, sir. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that does it for us this week. So next week we have we have a treat for you guys. We're not gonna tell you we, we have a guest we have coming on next week. We're not gonna say who. You're gonna have to see for yourself while when you come on next week. Uh, but actually the, the next the next two weeks we have some uh, guests coming on. So we're not gonna say anything. You guys have to see for yourselves. Uh, you know, Chief Concerns next week. But as always, follow us on uh, at Concerns Chief on Twitter and please subscribe and follow us on Believe Podcast Network, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the all those uh, podcast networks. Tune in, tune in, follow. That's right. That's right. Guys, another great show of the books. And Eric, it was lovely having you back, man. Yes, sir. Right. Y'all take it easy, man. All right, my brother. All right, guys. I'll let you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.